Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Tammy Melchine as we continue the series, You Plus. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Have you ever had the chance to go on a big trip miles away from home? Go ahead and write in the chat the furthest place you've ever traveled. The furthest place I've ever traveled is Israel. That was a long travel day. But I'm so grateful for the experiences I've had to fly overseas. I consider myself very fortunate to have had those experiences, and yet there is one thing I dislike very much about international travel, jet lag. If you've never experienced the joys of jet lag, it's that wonderful sensation where your body rhythms are attuned to one time zone, let's say Central Standard Time in Chicago, but your body now exists hours ahead of itself in a place like Frankfurt, Germany, and you are caught in between. Your mind tells you it's time to sleep, but it's 9 a.m. in the morning. Your stomach tells you it's time to eat, but it's 11 p.m. at night. The last time I traveled overseas, I had a hard time adjusting. During the day, I felt sluggish and in a daze. I was trying to engage with my surroundings, but I found myself pulled, controlled even, by the old reality of Chicago time. I kept waking up at 1 a.m. ready for adventure, but had to lay quietly in bed for hours so that I wouldn't disturb everyone else in the house. Any seasoned traveler will tell you that the best way to fight jet lag is to immediately and completely enter into the new reality to which you are headed. The minute you sit down on the plane, you should adjust your watch to your destination's time and switch your eating habits to the new location's rhythms. You need to force your body to rest even when it doesn't feel tired and, and push yourself to stay awake even when you feel drowsy. If you do this, the experts say, your body rhythms will more quickly catch up to your body's new location. As I ponder all of this, I can't help but think that jet lag is a helpful metaphor for what happens when you leave behind a you life and enter into a you plus life. If you were with us last week, we talked about how a you life is a life centered on, well, you. It's often driven by your own desires and long-held ways of thinking. It can be characterized by the pursuit of power, wealth, comfort, or prestige. Many times, it is a disconnected life. Most people in our world live a you life. But Jesus came to bring us a different kind of life, a flourishing kind of life, what we're calling the U plus life. Jesus described it this way, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But moving from the U life to the U plus life can cause us to experience a kind of spiritual, mental, and emotional jet lag. It's a difficult adjustment. You have to move from one reality you've been living in to another. You'll feel yourself pulled, controlled even, by your old reality, even though you want to live in the new. Yes, entering into the U plus life is kind of like moving from one country to another, or as we're gonna talk about today, 
from one kingdom to another. When Jesus came into our world, so much of his teaching centered on helping us adjust to a new reality. He came announcing a change was happening in the world, a change far more disruptive than simply moving from one time zone to another. Heaven was breaking through to earth. His announcement sounded like this, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. When Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God has come near, he uses a verb that indicates a past and completed action. He's telling us that with his coming, the kingdom has arrived. In effect, Jesus is announcing that an opportunity for a new way, a better way of living in this world has now been opened. It's life in his kingdom. And Jesus went around inviting people to live in it. So what exactly is this kingdom? And how do we live in it? Theologian Dallas Willard defines the kingdom this way. Now, God's own kingdom or rule is the range of his effective will, where what he wants done is done. The person of God himself and the action of his will are the organizing principles of his kingdom, but everything that obeys those principles, whether by nature or by choice, is within his kingdom. Think of the kingdom of God as this sphere. The kingdom of God is the sphere in which what God wants done is done. It's the realm in which God's will reigns. It's what reality looks like when God's dream and intention for life is being lived out. Understand, God does have a dream for your life. He wants you to flourish. And by that, I don't mean that God is necessarily all that concerned with what job you have or your income bracket or your status in life. What I mean is that whatever your circumstances might be, God wants you to experience life and life to the full in that place. God rules as king over his kingdom. Now, since many of us aren't familiar with kings outside of what we've read in classic novels or British tabloid magazines, it might help to imagine him as a good, healthy parent. What do good, healthy parents want for their children? They want their children to flourish. They want their kids to be healthy and happy and whole. A good parent doesn't want to dictate all the choices their child makes, but parents have a pretty good idea of what choices will help their child flourish and what choices will lead their child down a more difficult, often painful path. Parents, can I get an amen? Well, you see, God is a perfect parent who wants all of his children to flourish. And so, he came to earth in the person of Jesus to embody and teach us his way of human flourishing. He modeled a life lived in the kingdom of God, the sphere in which what God wants done is done. Now, the kingdom of God is a present reality. Jesus brought it near, but it's not a completed reality. Obviously, God's will is not done everywhere. It's why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to pray for, 
for more and more of God's kingdom to come to earth. When Jesus returns, his kingdom will be fully restored. In the new heavens and the new earth, we will experience life as God always intended it to be. But for now, other kingdoms remain. And what are those kingdoms? The kingdoms of this world. Author John Ortberg describes these earthly kingdoms this way. On earth, all our little kingdoms intersect and merge and form larger kingdoms. Families, corporations, nations, and economic, political, and cultural systems. We could call that whole conglomeration the kingdom of the earth. And that kingdom is junked up by sin. We need to grasp in practical terms what Orberg is saying here. All our human systems are kingdoms of the world. Amazon and Apple and every other business and corporation are kingdoms of this world. Wall Street and our banking systems are kingdoms of this world. The Republican Party is a kingdom of this world. The Democratic Party is a kingdom of this world. America and every other nation are kingdoms of this world. The Packers are part of the kingdoms of this world. Only the Bears are part of the kingdom of God. Okay, I might have that last one wrong, but, but you get the point. It is critical as followers of Jesus that we recognize this. There may be beliefs and practices in each of these kingdoms that do at times conform to the will of God. It's why there is an overlap in the circles. But there are definitely beliefs and practices in each of these kingdoms that stand in opposition to the kingdom of God. As Ortberg said, these kingdoms of the earth are junked up by sin. Only one kingdom is in alignment with the kingdom of God, and that is the kingdom of God. Which brings me to a, a big challenge we face as a worldwide community of Christ followers. Too many people claim the name of Jesus, yet continue to live aligned with the kingdoms of this world. As author Tara Beth Leach warns, it is possible to believe in Jesus and not have Jesus driving our lives. It is possible to believe in Jesus and live in a way that is counter to the kingdom of God. It is possible to believe in Jesus and live nothing like Jesus. It is possible to believe in Jesus and live as citizens of this world instead of the kingdom. Here's what Terabeth means. The way of God's kingdom is humble service. But too many Christians want to, to grab power. The way of God's kingdom is truth, but, but too many Christians follow the lies of culture. The way of God's kingdom is peace, but too many Christians are quick to pick fights. The way of God's kingdom is confident hope, but too many Christians are driven by fear of the future. The way of God's kingdom is enemy love, but too many Christians choose enemy hate. We struggle with this, don't we? For example, I know that because of Jesus, I have nothing to fear in this world. I've been given a sure and unshakable hope, and yet 
After watching five minutes of cable news, I can find myself knotted up with fear that we're heading toward destruction. Or I know that, that the foundation of my life is secure in Christ, and yet when I open up the stock app on my phone and see red numbers and my retirement savings falling, I can start to panic, letting anxiety rule the day. Or I know that Jesus chose the way of the cross, and yet I can get sucked into believing that the only way for his kingdom to advance on this earth is for the people that I approve of to be the ones with power. Why is that? How can I be so easily rattled? Why are you? Because there's still a lot of the kingdoms of this world in us. And the ruler of those kingdoms wants to, to pull us in that direction. But the Apostle Paul reminds us that is not our life anymore. In Ephesians, he writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdoms of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. You used to live that way, Paul says, but no more. To the Colossians, he adds, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The kingdom of God has been open to us. But here's the reality. We have to choose it. We all get to choose which kingdom we'll align ourselves with. For we, too, have a kingdom. Every person has a kingdom. I have a kingdom, and you have a kingdom. My kingdom is the, the little sphere in which I get to call the shots. Your kingdom is the little sphere in which what you say goes. Having a kingdom is a good thing. It, it's part of what it means to be made in God's image. God created us with the, the freedom to make choices for ourselves. As a perfect parent, he knows what choices will lead to our flourishing. But as a good father, he gives us agency to choose. That's why when, when Jesus came and walked among us, he didn't come with an iron fist, but with an invitation. Jesus is inviting us away from the, the fear and stress and anxiety found in the kingdoms of this world into a different way of life, life in his kingdom, and his simple invitation is come. Come, follow me. This is what it means to be a disciple. It is to follow Jesus in this new kingdom reality, to hear from him and do what he says. When his first disciples heard this invitation, that's exactly what they did. Jesus said, come, follow me, and they dropped their nets, turning away from the the kingdoms they used to follow, to follow Jesus in the way of his kingdom instead. I mean, sure, they, they still lived in this world, but as Jesus would go on to say, they were no longer of it. Instead, they were to live as citizens of a new reality, citizens of the kingdom of God. 2,000 years later, Jesus is still extending this invitation to you and to me. Come, follow me. 
It's an invitation to align our kingdoms with God's kingdom. But we need to recognize that this alignment is going to feel a lot like changing time zones. We're going to have to signal to our, our bodies and our hearts and our minds that we've actually entered a new reality. We'll have to adjust our thinking, our feelings, our way of being to the patterns of our new kingdom. We'll still feel the pull of that old time zone. Sometimes we might even be tempted to eat when we should be sleeping and sleep when we should be eating. But if we adjust our clocks and stay awake when we feel tired, slowly and steadily we'll find ourselves aligning to our new kingdom reality. To be clear, this alignment isn't really something that you just work harder at or even a list of rules that you're supposed to follow. Instead, it is a slow and steady alignment of your whole self to this new kingdom reality that Jesus wants to lead you in through the power of the Holy Spirit. I really love how Dallas Willard puts it. He asks, will I listen for God and then obey? For me, this tension is what it means to live as one who is learning from Christ how to live in the kingdom of God. It's that simple, and it's that challenging. Will I listen? Will I hear what God is saying? Then will I obey. This is what it looks like to begin living in the new reality that is the kingdom of heaven. Imagine what would happen if we were to take Jesus' invitation to follow him seriously and align ourselves with God's kingdom. It would mean we, we stop living in the old reality, the you reality, and instead, together, begin aligning ourselves to this new reality. This is the you plus life. To live the you plus life is to live for more than just ourselves. It's a life of, of flourishing and love right here, right now, as disciples of Jesus. So practically, what does this mean for us to follow Jesus into this you plus life here at Community? Well, here are three practical steps we're taking as a community to help each other navigate the spiritual jet lag as we choose to move from the you life to the you plus life. First, our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We started this last week, but it's not too late for you to join in for the remaining 14 days. We've dedicated the first few weeks of this new year to pray, fast, and hear from God. You see, we believe that God wants to speak to every one of us to reveal to us the adjustments we need to make to follow Him as his disciples, we want to create space to hear from him and do what he says. Maybe you think, but I don't know how to hear from God. Well, the community daily content is helping us with this. So I encourage you, if you haven't yet jumped in with us, go to communitychristian.info to learn more, subscribe to the community daily, and open yourself up to hear from God. The second practical step. Over the remaining eight weeks of this series, we're going to walk through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount together because this passage in Matthew 5-7 through 7 
is probably the best place to turn to to discover Jesus' teaching on what life in the kingdom of God looks like. New Testament scholar Amy Jill Levine writes, The kingdom of heaven occurs when people take the words of Jesus in these chapters to heart and live into them. The Sermon on the Mount is, in fact, a beginner's guide to the kingdom of heaven. Our aim over these next eight weeks is to learn the ways of God's kingdom, letting His Spirit confront anything in us that is still living aligned with the kingdoms of this world so that we can follow Jesus into the you plus life He came to bring. I want to encourage you to take the practical step of joining us for every week of this series. And finally, you'll hear more about this third step in the weeks ahead. But starting January 30th, we will challenge every person to have a U-plus conversation. This is meant to be a conversation with someone in the church who will help you discern what you're hearing from God and take steps to do what He says. That person will help you put together your personal plan for taking next steps as a disciple of Jesus in this coming year. Friends, I think the world is watching and waiting, wondering where a life that is truly life can be found. What if you and I could step away from a you life, a life lived on our own for ourselves, and enter into a you plus life, a life that follows Jesus in his kingdom reality where we hear from God and do what God says? If we did that, then the world would see in each of us that the kingdom of God has truly drawn near. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you'd like to take a next step, head to communitychristian.info. If you'd like prayer, please text the word prayer to 331-226-1686 and a member of our prayer team will reach out to you. To give financially to community, head to givenow.cc Thanks for listening to the Community Online Podcast.